Hey everyone, I'm Cade, and this is our Lifeguard, a podcast where I talk about pretty much everything, but try and do it through the mindset of our own personal lifeguard, Jesus. This is season one, episode five, and in this episode, I will be talking all about the words of God that have not returned void, and the things that he has created that are not mistakes, because he made them. I hope you're able to enjoy, and I hope you're able to get something out of it. So with all that said, let's dive in. So, I've really realized this week just what a broken world we live in, and not necessarily that I didn't know this before, but there's just been a lot that's happened this week. There's been a lot of death, and I just really feel like it. we need to talk about it. That we need to talk about why, and we need to talk about how God views it, and we need to talk about these lies that people believe, and why they're killing themselves, why people are 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 committing suicide. I feel like we need to just talk about why, just so that it's not something that is normalized because i feel like suicide is almost a normalized thing now it's something that almost all of us have come into contact with and we all know at least somebody who has done it and i just feel like there's a lot of people who now just accept it as a part of life and it shouldn't be there should never be a day where this is something that's that's normalized but I think that the reason people do this and the reason they they see that they have to or they feel like they have to is just because of their views of themselves. A lot of people nowadays just view themselves as worthless and they view themselves as just not having any worth and not having anything. They just feel broken and empty and that they're not worth anything and i that is not true that is not what god says god views you as a masterpiece he created you he knits you in your mother's womb you're not a mistake and i feel like people believe this because it's what the world has said it's something that the world has said about them or something that that they have been told that that they believe but God doesn't see things the way people do. And that's kind of what I want to talk about first, is how people view things and how it contrasts to how God does. And so I want to read out of 1 Samuel 16. And in this chapter, this is when Samuel comes and he anoints David to be the next king. So he goes to this this town that Jesse lives in and he has all his sons and they go to sacrifice with Samuel and Jesse starts to bring out his sons and so that's where we'll start is right after Jesse has brought out his first son and Samuel looks at him starting in verse 7 it says but the Lord said to Samuel do not look at his appearance or his stature because I have rejected him man does not see what the Lord sees for man sees what is visible but the Lord sees the heart. Jesse called 
Abinadab and presented him to Samuel. The Lord hasn't chosen this one either, Samuel said. Then Jesse presented Shammah, but Samuel said the Lord hasn't chosen this one either. After Jesse presented seven of his sons to him, Samuel told Jesse, The Lord hasn't chosen any of these. Samuel asked him, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, he answered, but right now he's tending the sheep, Samuel told Jesse. Send for him. We won't sit down and eat until he gets here. So Jesse sent for him. He had beautiful eyes and a healthy, handsome appearance. Then the Lord said, Anoint him, for he is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord took control of David from that day forward. Then Samuel set out and went to Ramah. So right here it shows us, just in the first verse, verse 7, it says, Do not look at his appearance or his stature because I have rejected him. It doesn't matter what somebody looks like. It doesn't matter how fit they are. It doesn't matter. These things that the world tells us that matters, their appearance, how how fit you are, how how buff you are, how muscular you are, how beautiful you are, how much makeup you wear, <laughs> your cup size, all these things that the world says makes a person doesn't. It says, man does not see what the Lord sees, for man sees what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. God doesn't care as much about our physical appearance. He cares about our heart. That is what matters. So you might see somebody and they might look good on the outside, but inside they're d dead, death, destruction inside. And it might look like they're good. It might look like they're good to the world's standards, but they're not. Not to God. They're not quote-unquote accepted by him. He has rejected them because they rejected him. And this doesn't just mean, like, God still accepts people. God still loves people. And if they were to turn around, God would accept them. But that's not what I'm trying to talk about. I'm trying to talk about that God doesn't care about what the world cares about. God doesn't care if you're in a relationship or not. God doesn't care if you lost your virginity yet. He wants you not to have. If you're not married, then you shouldn't have. God doesn't think it cool if you have and you're not married. God doesn't think it's cool if you sleep with multiple people God doesn't think it's cool if you do drugs. God doesn't think it's cool if you drink. These aren't things that God thinks is cool. God cares about your heart, and God did not make you a mistake. God made you perfect, and he gave you the exact tools that you will need to accomplish what he is asking of you. And all you have to do is accept what he's asking.
God wants to give you all these blessings. He wants to anoint you. But you're too caught up on what the world thinks and on what your friends think and what the so-called popular people think about you. That you're not willing or ready to accept what God has. It doesn't matter how many scars you have. That's in the past. God's asking for you now. You see, we don't need to be determined. Our our worth is not determined by people's standards. Our worth isn't determined by people. Our worth is determined by God. And he created you, so do you think he doesn't love you? I think that's another reason we live in such a broken world is because everybody is searching for love and everybody wants love and nobody feels like they have it. There's this textbook description of love that everybody's after, just that perfect relationship. And that they think that once they get that, the emptiness and the brokenness that is inside them is just going to be filled and it's just gonna make them whole but that's not how that works if you're empty and broken and you get in a relationship with somebody else who's empty and broken you know what you're gonna get even more empty and broken true love real love only comes from god we need to stop looking to the things of this world like they're going to satisfy us. Like they're going to give us what we're longing for. Like they're going to satisfy that need that is in us. Because they're not. I feel like we live in a broken world because, one, we don't understand ourselves. We don't understand who we are. And two, we don't understand God. We don't understand who he is. We don't understand why. And most of the time, people just reject him because they don't understand him. But what's absolutely crazy is, is the more you come to know God, the more you come to know yourself. The more you fall in love with God, the more in love you fall with yourself. The more... You fall in love with God, the more you'll fall in love with the things around you, the more you'll have joy every waking moment. And it's not about how, what, what you look like. It's not about how much acne is on your face. It's not about if, if you're fat or if you're skinny. It stops being about these things and these appearances, and it starts being about and is what I'm doing, is what I'm saying pleasing to him. And if it is, it doesn't matter what people think. At the end of the day, when people are gone and you don't know what to do yourself because there's nobody around you to tell you how to act, there's nobody around you to tell you if you're good enough, God is sitting there saying you're good enough. Saying you're good enough for him. 
and I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to blow up at you guys, I'm not trying to, to yell at you, I just want you to know that God loves you, and he wants to redeem you, he wants to redeem your past, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past, God's asking for your present, and don't be scared of your future, because God wants you now, and he'll lead you, And I just want to tell you not to listen to the things of this world, not to listen to the, the people of this world, because they will lead you astray. They will. They'll lead you down the wrong path. They'll lead you to a place that you don't know how to get out of. They're going to lead you the wrong way, but God won't. And now I, I really just want to talk to you about the words that God has spoken that will come to pass. I want to talk to you about God's promises, the things that he has said that won't return void, the things that he promised. God isn't like people, like the people in the past who's broken their promises to you. God won't break his promises. If God says something, it will happen. So I'm going to read you some of God's promises. Joshua 1, nine. This is a promise. God promised that he is with us wherever we go. That means he won't leave you. It doesn't matter what you do, he will not leave you. Jeremiah 29.11, God promised us relentless pursuit and that he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. This means that God's not going to stop chasing you just because you messed up. And his plans aren't to hurt you. His plans are to prosper you. John 1.12, God promises that if we believe in Jesus, we will be children of God. It's not something we work for, but it's a gift freely given. To be accepted by God isn't something that we have to work for. It's something that he's given to us. And all we need to do is accept Jesus. 2 Corinthians 1.20, God promises that his promises will come to pass. This is a promise just reinforcing God's promises. He promises that his promises will come to pass. Philippians 4.13, God promises that we can do all things through him and that if we rely on him for strength, he will give us the power to overcome. This means that you do not have to go throughout your day relying on yourself for strength, but you can look to him for it. 2 Timothy 1.7, this promise reminds us that God has given us a spirit of power, love, and self-control. We are not weak when we are in God. We are strong and his Greatness is made perfect in our weakness. Hebrews 4.16, God promises that when we need mercy and grace, if we draw near to the throne of God, we will receive it and find it there. When, when you need grace, when you need mercy to get through the day, if you just draw near to God, he'll give it to you. Isaiah 41.10, God promises that we don't need to fear because he is with us. We don't need to be dismayed for he is our God. He will strengthen us and help us. He will hold us in his right hand. <laughs> this means you don't have to be scared about what people think because it doesn't matter. This means that we don't have to be dismayed because he is our God and he is fighting for us. He has already gone into the battle and he has already won. All we have to do is walk through it. 
and he'll strengthen us, and he'll help us in our times of need. Isaiah 26.3, God promises perfect peace to those whose minds are steadfast and who trust in him. This means that you will have peace, that anxiety will go away when you trust in God. Deuteronomy 31.8, God promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. This is another promise that God won't leave. God's not just going to up and leave you just because you messed up. Psalm 37, 23 through 24, God promises to make firm the steps of those who delight in him. And although we may stumble, we will never fall because he upholds us in his hand. This means that you may fall or that you may stumble, but you will never fall because you are held in the hand of God. You, you may have lied flat on your face before. In the past, you may have been down on your face, in the dirt, but you will never be there again because now you are a child of God and he holds you in his hand. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 29, God promises that if we come to him, he will give us rest. God will give us rest. We don't need to look to the things of this world to give us rest. You don't need to look to pornography to, to give you rest from from the world because it ends up giving you more stress and more anxiety than it did when you weren't looking to it. You don't need to look to these things to give you rest because God will. We just have to come to him. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, God promises that his grace is sufficient for us and his power is made perfect in our weakness. This means that God is good enough for us that we don't need anything else besides him and that when we are weak, he is strong, and we are made perfect through our weakness because of him. First Peter two twenty four. God promises that by his wounds we were healed. It is because of Jesus' scars that we are healed. That is why. Because Jesus died on a cross for us that we are healed. Not because of anything we do, not because of anything else, but because of Jesus and because he died. Exodus 14, 14, God promises that he will fight for us. We need only be still. We don't have to fight our battles by ourselves. God is already out fighting them for us. Psalm 91, 3, God promises to save us from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. That means God will save us from the snare of the enemy. We just need to look to him. Isaiah forty twenty nine. God promises to give us strength to the weary and increase the power of the weak. That means that you don't have to always act like you're strong. That it's okay to be weak because God will give you strength in your weakness. Isaiah forty one thirteen. God promises to help us. That means that you're not alone. God will help you. Isaiah 43.2, God promises to be with us. How, if it wasn't important, why, why do you think God says so many times that he will never leave us? This is just another promise saying that he will never leave us. Isaiah 54.10, God promises that his love for us will never be shaken and his covenant of peace will never be removed. That means there is nothing that we can do that can separate God's love from us. Isaiah 54, 17, God promises no weapon formed against us will prevail and that we will refute every tongue that accuses us. 
That means that there is nothing that the enemy has thrown against you that will prosper. You will be able to refute everything through God who gives you strength. James 1.5, God promises that if we lack wisdom and ask him for wisdom, he will give it. That means that you don't have to have the answer for everything, but if you seek God, you will know what you are supposed to do, even if it's just the next step you're supposed to take. James 4.7, God promises that if we submit ourselves to him and resist the devil, he will flee from us. That means the next time you are tempted, if you just resist and you look to God, the devil will flee. John 1 John 1, 9, God promises that if we confess our sins, he will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means that we don't have to be bound by guilt and shame. God has forgiven us so you can forgive yourself. John three sixteen, God promises that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. That means that if you believe in God, that you have eternal life. So don't doubt just because you don't feel like he's there. John 8:36 God promises that if the son sets you free then you are free. That means that nothing else sets you free besides God, and if God sets you free then you are free, and there is nothing that can hold you or take away that freedom. Philippians 4:19 God promises to meet all our needs. All our needs. He doesn't promise to meet some of them, he promises to meet all of them. If God feeds the birds, if God clothes the flowers, how much more do you think he will do for you? Psalm 18.3, God promises that if we call to him, we will be saved from our enemies. That means that you do not have to do it yourself. You can call on the strongest person in the room and he will come and fight for you. Psalm 23.4, God promises that he is with us and he comforts us. That doesn't mean he comforts us in the way that you think he does in your head. But God is there and he is comforting you, whether you know it or not. Psalm thirty-four, seventeen. God promises that if the righteous cry out, he will save them from their troubles. That's another one saying that if you cry out to God, he will save you. You do not have to do this alone. Psalm 50:15 God promises that if we call on him on the day of trouble he will deliver us. That's another promise saying that if we call on him when we are tempted he will deliver us. Psalm 85:5 God promises that he will be forgiving and good to all those who call on him. Another promise saying that he will forgive us. Psalm 9, 9 through 10, God promises to be a refuge and stronghold. He has never forsaken those who seek him. God is right there fighting for you. He's right there. Don't turn away. Romans 10, 9 through 10, God promises that if we proclaim the name of Jesus and believe in our heart that he died and was raised again, then we are saved. That's it. That's all you have to do is believe in God and you are saved and you have eternal life. That is it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, God promises to make our paths straight. You just need to walk that path. The things on the side of the road, they're going to be shiny and they're going to call your name. But your path is straight and as long as you stay on it, it'll stay that way. 
Matthew 6, 31-33, God promises that if we first seek the kingdom and his righteousness, he will give us what we need. This means that if we seek God, we're gonna, he's going to give us what we need. Matthew 7, 9-11, God promises to give good gifts to those who ask. John fourteen thirteen through 16 God promises that if we love him and keep his commands, we can ask for anything, and in his name he will do it. Because when we follow God and we seek God, his will becomes our will, and we are able to pray and ask for the will of God, and he will grant it. These are just some of the promises of God. I hope that it helps even just a little. So know that, that you are loved, and that if somebody made this many promises for you that are going to be kept that you are worth that you're worth it that you're not worthless you have worth and your worth is found in the eyes of of christ you have worth so know that that even even in this broken world even in this this world that is defined by the wrong things that's defined by sin that you are loved and that you are being sought after i i just pray that you know that thanks for listening today i hope you enjoyed and were able to get something out of it I'd love to hear what you thought, what you liked, what you didn't, anything you think I need to work on. I'd love to hear it all. You can DM me at KateTheLifeGuard on Instagram. I also release episodes every Tuesday and Saturday. This Tuesday, I'll be talking about Bible reading, and I hope to see you then. I hope you have a great rest of your day or night, whatever time it is for you. And I really just hope that you know that you are not worthless, that you were made by God, and that you are a masterpiece in his eyes. I pray that you know that.